Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, that feels good, doesn't it, Bryce? What a start. That's uh, a bit yeah, better. Yeah, better than the old uh, Fox News theme we had going on last week. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Producer Jace. Uh, we are here. We've got a massive show coming up, but uh, last night wasn't this nice. Somewhere in my heart, I'm always with you in the summer rain. Did you hear that uh, summer rain last night, Ross? I certainly did. And uh, we were scheduled to play some match sim mm. yesterday, but we moved it to Wednesday knowing that it was going to be too hot potentially yeah. um, and pretty windy. But uh, last night the cool change came in real quick and mm. it was beautiful. It was very nice. Now, uh, nothing beats lying in bed, listening to the pitter-patter of raindrops just landing on the tin roof. Started thinking about you. <laughs> What we had going on today, it was uh, yeah, it was a very nice evening last night. Although I didn't sleep much, but the rain uh, <laughs> rain made it much easier. Hey, we got a big show coming up today. We of course watched the trial games last night with the Crows playing Fremantle, Port playing West Coast, and the Crows sort of did a job on Fremantle. Not that it is relevant whatsoever because it's the preseason, but some of it was really good to watch. The midfield numbers I noticed, Bryce, is a definite trend in the amount of guys that they've got rolling through there. Yeah, they've got plenty of options, don't they? And mm. yeah, you're right. It's good to have some sort of competitive footy back. I mean, I found it hard to watch, yeah. to be honest. Like, the defensively, teams weren't really at their best. It yeah. was pretty free-flowing, obviously. They're always going to be a bit scrappy. Um, the this, this skill level isn't quite up to the level this time of year, but yeah, um, I really, and even the, the camera angle and the, the way it was sort oh of my filmed, like it was a bit, it was tough to watch. So, um, but all given that, uh, it was nice to see some of our teams play against some real opposition and, and not themselves in these, these practice matches. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're, it's getting closer to me. Yeah, the camera angle was an issue, wasn't it? Because I think I think they give the work experience kids an opportunity to shine with the cameras for these trial games, and they were just kind of all over the shop. But positive, if you're looking to get your foot in the door, head on down to Fox because they're, they're giving <laughs> they're just, everyone a go now. They certainly are. Free for all. <laughs> and uh, did you catch any? There were a few tech issues as well. But, um, hey, we know all about that. Um <laughs> We're also going to do a new segment. We started it last week. It's called Question Time. This week, I'm going to put you through the Gorilla Bryce, where I pose five questions to you. Get your thoughts. Some are on sport. Some are on your favourite topic, culture, pop culture. Oh, geez, you might really test me here, Tommy. Yeah. That's I'm, all right. I'm open to it. I've, I've got a few th- few things. So one of them is uh, something that's happening in Sydney this weekend. That's the, that's the clue. <laughs> Um, Tiger Woods during the week handed a tampon to his, <laughs> to his opposition. It was a bit bizarre, wasn't it? But, um, as uh, crude as it was, it got me thinking about the players that is such a premeditated act to bring something with you to 
a professional sporting arena like a tampon or a piece of ham if you're Harry <laughs> Taylor and putting it in your bloody sock. It, it's so, it shows the bizarre mindset of some of these people. So we've got some really good examples to dive into there, Bryce. Well, geez, it was a little bit weird, wasn't it, from, <laughs> from Tiger? And it certainly was premeditated because it's not like he, he just uh, found a tampon uh, out on the, on ground. the, on the third uh, fairway. On the third hole. Plane. <laughs> Tommy. So uh, we will um, – we might even go to the text line on 0427154166 yes. and uh, get some nominations for – I don't know, what are we going to call We're it? Gonna Bizarre say... premeditated – Events. It's complex, but look, bizarre things you've seen on the sporting field. Bonus points, though, if if you can mention someone who's brought something with them. Who's really thought about doing something weird and delivered yeah, in this yeah. space. Someone who's a real mental case. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing stuff with them to the game. And there are, trust me, we've got a few examples out there that we're going to have a close look at. And now this guy, I really like Bryce. I've been admiring him from afar for quite a while. AFL.com.au's Josh Gablich. He's a really good journo and he's going to run us through, run his, because we can't be everywhere at all times. So we haven't seen all the AFL practice matches. He's going to run his role over all of them. Yeah, he's uh, he's a star, is Josh Gablich working for AFL.com. And you're right, we're going to touch on, obviously, the, the Crows and, and the Port games, but uh, he's been across all the Victorian games uh, and teams up uh, in mm. Sydney. Um, so he's going to be across that, give us a little bit of insight to what he's seen and some of the big key points out of those games. Yeah, but I, and I think he could teach us a couple of things where he's on AFL.com's podcast most days of the week throughout the whole summer. So it's an amazing skill when bugger all is going on in football, like nothing is happening, but yet they're generating conversations about this crap. Like every single day they can reinvent themselves, talk about kicking, talk about bloody who's having the best preseason. He's got a real skill at reinventing content, I reckon. Yeah, a bit more uh, to the point content rather than talking about tampons. That's right. I don't think they – I've had a listen. I don't think they've covered that, that, that didn't, bit. They didn't that says exclusive here on uh, Saturdays in SA, you reckon? Yeah, we pick it's out like... the most important things that we see during the week. And um, Tampon Gate, we're calling it Tampon Gate as well, uh, was, was one of the big things we noticed. So we're going to cover it. Happy 54th birthday to David Pittman, Bryce. David Pittman. Turned 54, 54 yesterday or the day before. Wow, you really are a crow's nothing, aren't you? <laughs> Just saw it in my feet. Do you remember that bake he got? If I had the oh, foresight, I would have got the audio for it. But SCN's own uh, Malcolm Blight. Malcolm Blight, yeah. Pathetic, pathetic effort from yeah, Pittman. He, uh, one of the great sprays. Yeah. And I'm surprised Pittman come back from that because I don't reckon many could. Showed a lot of resilience. Yep. Although I have seen a similar type bakes. Yeah. Nick Moldash used to give some, yeah. some ripper sprays, as we know. Um Ended a couple of careers at halfway through the first quarter <laughs> in round one. Which one in was some that? Cases. Sam, Sam Rowe. Yeah. And told him uh, he would never play for the, the Blues again. <laughs> Start looking in the, the paper Plus for a new fight. job. Yep. So, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I've seen some good ones. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, that was a good old fashioned bake there. You don't really get them anymore publicly, do you? Don't ever have a coach step out in the public arena and just give it to one of his players, do you? Not so much anymore. You, you see the coaches more go to 
go to bat for their players, especially in the media. Mm. But uh, I dare say there'd be a bit of challenging happening behind closed doors still. But yeah. uh, you, you got to... It's times have changed, Tommy, haven't they? You've yeah, got they a, certainly have. A lot more cuddling, a lot more arm around. With uh, challenge your, your and players, support, correct? Um, with uh, with the way footy has gone over yeah. the last ten years, so we're certainly seeing a lot more of that. Definitely a lot more. So it's like every year, it, no, sorry, every ten years, the sensitivity level of people is up a bit more. So, say you and I, born in the, you know, mid to late eighties. Uh, we're still in kind of a little bit of a hardened era of parenting, not as hard as obviously the generation before us, but then born in 1995, getting a little bit softer, then born in the early 2000s, is what they've really got to cuddle them all the way, don't they? They do, they do. <laughs> but even like not only teaching them how to play footy and, and challenging them in that space, but mm. even just parenting full stop. I mean, mm. like I do some things and my wife pulls me up and says, we can't do that anymore. Like, Don't do beat the children. <laughs> <laughs> I can't smack him. <laughs> so, yeah, times have certainly changed, Tommy. Speaking of your wife, um, she followed me on Instagram during the week. Oh, so that's um, lovely, Loz. So I'm, nice. I feel like I'm involved in the family now. You're in. You're in. I'm, I'm really in the inner, inner Bryce Gibbs circle. And, yeah, it's a very idyllic family you've got it's just popping out to little barbecues and photos with the fam and well if if you're claiming to be a part of the family now maybe we can hang out this weekend because yeah they, they took off to melbourne oh the did week. they yeah oh man Le- left me behind which was nice of them are you manning the fort with the children no she's taking the kids oh my yeah yeah I'm, oh my god i'm literally <laughs> got the, the weekend to myself or i've had the week to myself wow so that nice. um, doesn't happen very often and it's Bloody nice. I'd have to say that is, as a man, as a married man, does it get any better than that? It's the top. It's the pinnacle. (laughs) It is. It's the best. The top of the mountain, basically. But you you can't, if there's ranking things for like, you know, an adventure, skydiving or traveling overseas, above all of those things is the wife has left for the weekend and you've got the house to yourself. It has been good. I haven't got any jobs done just yet, but I've still got a couple of days to to tick all those boxes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, oh god um i'm sure you'll get a text at some stage on the weekend asking you to do a job have you looked at this or have you okay okay <laughs> emailed that um look we've got to gather ourselves up next bryce you've taken real issue with uh, some of the coverage that's going on with uh, alistair clarkson and the uh the way the media is sort of treating him around some issue that happened, I think, a fair while ago now. So it's been a delayed reaction. We're going to talk about that. I'm interested to hear your viewpoint. You're on Saturdays in SA and we're coming to you from Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy. Uh, we'll be back with you in a couple of minutes after this break. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, good to be with you. Coming to you from Studio Lumo SA, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Tom Lyon, Bryce, gives you a nice one from Brett on the text line saying, Bryce, oh, yeah, no wife, no kids. Oh, yeah, it's Wolfpack time. <laughs> uh, Wolfpack time. I reckon it's just me sitting on the couch, not doing a lot. Yeah. Time. Got, really got anything you're looking to watch? Uh, no, I actually might go out and watch the under-16s and under-18s at uh, Norlunga. They're oh, playing yeah. their first trial game today. So, uh, yeah, might get out the house if the uh, the sun pokes its head through the clouds. 
this afternoon. Mm. You because you keep an, have to keep an eye on them as part of your role at South, don't you? Yes, that's correct. Uh, got a bit to do with the junior programs down at the Panther, down at Pantherland. So from the development squads all the way up to the under sixteen and under yeah. eighteen squads. And would you take notes, or do you just keep it in your head? Uh, nah, just be there to support the players. Yeah, more so yeah. than anything. Um, have a chat to them if needed, but uh, yeah, just sort of help with their programs and what needs to be done at any given time. Yep, yep. Very good. Uh, during the week, it emerged that uh, Clarko had a bit of a run-in with a journalist at the North Melbourne Football Club. She was just chasing him to get some info about Taryn Thomas. Bit of a doorstop, Bryce. Yeah, it's uh, it's resurfaced its head a little bit. Um, and I was, it just got me thinking, mm. Tommy. So I'm going to pose a, a question to you. Um, so he's obviously found himself in a little bit of hot water again, Clarko. And, and it was around the time where Taryn Thomas, um, all the information coming yeah. out about um, him threatening uh, yeah. a female uh, girlfriend or yep. co- um, someone. Your time is coming, yeah, something so, along those lines. Um, obviously, a lot of the media were outdoor stopping, looking to get a, a, a comment from the players or the coaches or coaching mm. staff uh, from North Melbourne, which is what happens uh, when usually most incidents happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, and in, uh, in the uh, indication, a... Um, an incident happened between Clarko and, and a reporter from, yeah. from Channel 9 and words are exchanged um, and I'm certainly not saying what Clarko said or, or did was acceptable, but uh, mm. by all reports it seemed to be um, an issue, then it was handled. Um, I think uh, letters of a- apology and um, regret from the Clarkson camp to yeah, the yeah. Channel 9 reporter and, and vice versa. I think there even was a sit-down face-to-face yeah, you know, where it was thrashed out and um, apologies were handed over. That's pretty good by Clark. I mean, obviously, he said something bad. He said something like, your time is coming. I don't think he meant, though, her time is coming. I think her time when she messes something up yeah, I think is coming. He, he was saying it was potentially taken out of context. Yeah. Um, Either way, probably shouldn't have been said. Um, yeah. But the fact he went and apologised, and I think by reports the apology was accepted, and the deal, the matter was closed. Mm-hmm. It was all done and dusted. Uh, both parties were were keen to move on. Now at this point, the media doesn't know about it yet. Not at this stage. Yeah. So it gets reported a couple of days later, and it all blows up in in articles and online, mm. and and does the rounds all again. So I, I was just a bit. Bewildered? Oh, yeah, I'm like, does it really need to be reported and thrashed and smashed out if both sides, both parties have come together, it's been mm. dead and buried for a month, apologies have been accepted, and now they've moved on? Is it necessary to bring it, it all up again? And Because it did another round this week, didn't it? It was um, only yeah, a day or two ago. So yeah. a more... Well, more asking the question, is it necessary from the media to go and do things like that? It's not necessary, but I'd have to say it's fair game because I think there's new information. There must have been some new information about it for Sammy Edmund to raise it because the way he was speaking about it was as though it was a a new issue, even though it's not. Um, And he's... uh, Brought up some, there were some new aspects to the story about maybe Clarko visiting Channel 9 to, to make his apology. But yeah, I'm not saying it's fair, but I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles. Clarko under a lot of pressure, by the way. Yeah, he has had a little bit of a, a rocky start to his <laughs> to his North Melbourne coaching gig, Stress. that's for sure. And uh, yeah, he has had some 
moments over his whole coaching career, yeah. I reckon. So, Do you think um, it's fair they bring it up, drag him through the coals again? Oh, I'm not – I just think it, if, if it's been dealt with and yeah. both parties have moved on, and not only from Clarko's side, from, from the reporter's side as well, it must have been a tough time for, for her as well. Mm. Um, does she want it to be brought to light again and made public and – Go, on, yeah. go through all that again? Maybe, maybe not. So, yeah, I was just, I uh, just wanted to put the question to you. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Is um, it all sta- really the pressure on Clarko all stems back to this Hawthorne thing, which was I don't reckon hand. I like obviously it's great that they did the review and they find out um, what they find out, but the handling of it, you know, the putting it out there into the public domain without any right of reply and just without any, I've heard there was no communication with Brisbane or North Melbourne before they put it out there. So there are some really uh, angry people at both Brisbane and North Melbourne with Hawthorne, I'd say. Yeah, it was a little bit all over the shop, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, well, as you said, that's the way the cookie <laughs> crumbles sometimes, Tommy. But, uh, yeah, Clarko... Uh, a little bit of hot water again. Not the first time he's been in hot water. Uh, punched someone in um, on the Adelaide streets. Do you remember that? <laughs> Mind you, he probably deserved it. Was it? Uh, did he punch someone? Oh no, nah, he pushed walk, walking up from the ground of the coach's box or something. Was that him? Yeah, that yeah. It was. It was literally actually across the road from where we were on King William Street, and it was over the road on North Terrace. Yeah. I think Clarko was walking, and some moron was. Um, trying to video himself with him and badgering Clarko and, and he was pretty calm and then he sort of gave him a, a, an open palm to the neck. And, um, yeah, just one of the many hot water experiences Clarko's had. But I dare say this is going to play out well into the year, both with uh, Taryn Thomas and and the Hawthorne thing. So I'm looking forward to a time where there's just some a bit of clear air for the AFL to just be the AFL and um, play good footy. Yeah, well, they started their campaign yesterday against the Tigers, and they, they showed some all right signs. Yeah, what what the happened Roos. there? Um, well, they look they look competitive. There's mm. no doubt about it. They had uh, you know three or four of their better players not playing as well. So, mm. um, the the one takeaway point I got was Zerha played a bit more inside the contest, played a bit more really? in the centre bounce, and what? looked so explosive not as a out of it. I played forward as well, yeah, but yeah. spent time in the midfield. And in centre bounces, and uh, yeah, showed some some good midfield craft. So wow, we might that's, see him uh, in the midfield a little bit in twenty twenty three. That's interesting. And uh, likewise with role changes, we saw Fife playing forward yesterday, and he was um, really good. He looks like he's slimmed up, lost a few kilos. What does that do for him? Like, say he's played inside as a midfielder with the weight he had, and now they've moved him forward and asked him to lose a few kilos. How how does that help him play forward? Oh. Uh, I'm not sure. Has he, has he been quoted that he's slimmed down? Because as a forward, you probably want a little bit of size yeah. actually to, to try and hold your, your opponent out with uh, with strong body work. But, I mean, he's a natural forward yeah. anyway. We've seen athleticism, him, Even when he's played as a midfield, he's spent time resting forward and we know he can catch the ball and, and hit the scoreboard as well. So, yeah, he'll play certainly a lot more forward this year. And uh, even in that North Melbourne game, we saw Dusty Martin and, and Trent Cotchen, yeah. two of the uh, you know, most influential Midfielders in the last decade uh, look like they're going to spend predominantly this year as a permanent forward. So, mm. um, 
a lot of changes, Tommy, uh, in the practice matches that we've seen. Yeah, but an interesting watch for a lot of the sides, all the role changes, particularly uh, Rory. It looks like Rory Sloan's uh, going to be a permanent winger slash wherever. Um, ben Keys for the Crows as well was an interesting watch. He's not really in the centre bounce much anymore. And uh, Isaac Rankin played an absolute cracker. I think he's every bit as worth the uh, pick five that Adelaide dished up for him. Fogarty in the pocket. Tight on the boundary line. Hooks it across the face. Still a chance for the Crows. Rochelle there. Rankin working in amongst a lot of them. They didn't want to go near him because they were worried about getting burnt because he's capable of anything. Isaac Rankin. That goal was a little bit of sizzle there, a bit of the hips. He can do things that uh, not many players can do, Isaac Rankin. Yeah, he's going to be a great addition to, to Adelaide's forward line, isn't he? And he's going to um, provide plenty of highlights throughout the year. And he, he's, yeah. he's the guy that you want to go and watch. He's, he's the guy that puts bums on seats with, uh, with the highlights and, and things that he can do that not a lot of players can do. He's just got that sizzle and evasion. And the thing I don't understand, like, you know, when people step people, like they do a half step or a step, I, that just blows my mind because it's like he's doing doing things you're not meant to do. And uh, very evasive he was yesterday. We're going to delve into that next, Bryce. I've seen a few things that I don't think uh, others might have seen coming out of that. And I might have an apology coming Matt Crouch's way. Because uh, he wasn't too bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal a few things that I saw in in Matt Crouch that might lead to his redemption this year. That's coming up after the news. Right now, we got to get to the news, and we'll be back with you just after nine. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh yes, what a lovely morning! It's been raining all night, and I love it. I love the pitter patter of rain on my roof, and while I think about Bryce because he loves it too. It was very nice, wasn't it? A good it change was. up from this uh, very muggy weather we've had this week. Yeah. And, yeah, good change up. I don't handle the heat. I can't be productive. I can't – yeah, I'll have a massive list of things to do and I just can't do I, – I can only survive. Do you thrive in the heat or you kind of slow down a bit? No. No, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. You don't mind yeah, it? Yeah, I don't mind it. Despite you've got that kind of lily white skin there, but you can still thrive. Yeah, I'm more browner a, than me, by the way. More of a burn and peel type of rider, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd rather it. I'd rather the warm weather, Tom. Uh, look, the Crows yesterday played their game against Fremantle, and um, it was an interesting watch because obviously it's a preseason game, and we like to not attribute any sort of meaning to it. But I took a fair bit of meaning out of it now. Frio and Adelaide played at this oval in Western Australia. What is the name of that oval? Uh, Cockburn Oval. <laughs> no, it's pronounced Coburn Oval, Coburn. Bryce. Um, Adelaide were about 140-ish. Okay, I don't actually have this score, but Frio about 80-ish in the end because they played about six periods. I think it was more than that. Seven periods. Seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a lot. They started with the A-team. A genuine, I, I think the Crows were having a go at putting their genuine A team out to begin with. So who they would all sort of bring into the 22 for round one or who, who they're thinking. And um, that uh, still featured Luke Pedler. So it looks like they're really looking at him as a half forward. But how the game played out. So Frio were in control for the first almost 15 minutes. Adelaide couldn't touch the ball. And it, it looked weird. Like Adelaide seems a bit confused and... Had a bit of that um, 
you know, when there's a contest happening, people not knowing who's going to go, is that something common for pre-season's price? Uh, maybe. Um, as in like the, the contest, ground ball, whose ball is it? Who's going to be flying in the air? Sometimes yeah. that happens if there's a bit of lack of communication out yeah. on the ground and people can be a little bit um, indecisive and, and not just go for it. But uh, yeah, I suppose it can happen at times. Yeah, that that's what it looks like, a bit of miscommunication because a few times it looked like uh, one player, Adelaide player was about to go and then he looked up and he thought another one was going to go and then neither of them went and the Fremantle player got the ball. But then from 15 minutes onwards, uh, Adelaide tightened up the exits and got the pressure tackling you know, really, that game really going, even though obviously it's not the in-season standard of pressure, Bryce, the tackling game got going and then they, the goals started rolling in. So the, there's a notable game style change, which I think we touched on last week, Bryce, that there was a lowering of the eyes and they're trying to put, sort of thread the needle and, and do these shorter, more precise passes into the 50. And even um, Himmelberg was doing it and doing it well. But I've got to say, one of the best, Rochelle was excellent with his passing, but Matty Crouch was, for me, a standout. And I feel like he's he's going to win his role back. So he, did he start as the, the in the midfield, in the A-team? He didn't start in the centre square at the beginning, but he was part of this big midfield rotation mix. So it's got... You got Barry, who's demolishing guys in there, moving the ball forward. Rochelle, who's nice and classy and uh, got a bit of a step and passing the ball well, going inside fifty. So him and Rankin are kind of rotating through there. Schoenberg and Laird and Crouch was just kind of part of that rotation going through there. But I think they're figuring out a way that he can be utilised. I mean, his skill is as. A midfielder, is there a way that they kind of use him not as much in the centre bounce but more so around the ground? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, he's, he's an accumulator. I don't, it doesn't matter whether he's playing in the AFL, in the Sandfall, mm. at, no matter what level it is, he's going to find the ball. Yeah. So uh, whether he's, even if he's out of form, he's still good for 25 touches. So yeah. uh, I just, I don't know. I, I just think, I think they've stamped him. And we yeah. saw signs of that last year. And have as, you ever experienced that? Yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> um, but I mean, for Maddie, like he's he's a proud man. He's a professional. He would have attacked this preseason like he would mm. have done every every preseason. He'd be fit, and he'd be trying to prove a point. Yeah. Um, I just feel when it comes to the crunch round one selection, mm. I, I just can't see him can't see him playing with the mix that they've still got in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they were to get a few injuries uh, through the midfield and they need that type of player to come in, absolutely. He'll come yeah. in and play the role and play the role perfectly because yeah. you know what you're going to get out of him all the time. I still think he's good enough to play in the yep, AFL yep. and play good, consistent AFL footy. I just – the signs we saw last year, still that mix that they, they've got in there, mm. obviously – Rankin and Rochelle are going to be spending more time in there, yeah. which we've been told. I just I can see him getting squeezed out again. I love that honesty from you, Bryce. He's uh, well, I am hopeful for him because so am the I. Sign- I'm, I'm, I'm on your team here. I yeah. hope he gets a run. Yeah, there's, he, no, there's no doubt about that. The signs for him yesterday were good in that he was placed in the A team to begin with, 
And he was making his role work with, as I was saying, so this uh, combination in the midfield interests me because Barry is obviously that number one bull kind of propelling things forward and tackling and all of that. Schoenberg really got going in the second quarter and he's um, a bit of a point of difference in there, I think. You've got Rankin, Rochelle, both doing part-time bits in there. Laird, Crouch yesterday. We'll see how that pans out. But then there's Saligo, Sloan, Keys, and Hinge mostly rotating on the wings. Now, how do you make that work? With well, It seemed to work yesterday, but Sloan and uh, Keys don't have winger written on, uh, like that typical winger type player written on them. How do they make it work like that? Uh, well, I reckon they do, actually. Yeah. Um, you got to be fit. You got to yeah. be. You got to be able to get up and down the ground, long 150 meter sort of strides. Not, wow. It doesn't have to be a sprint, but you got to. Your work rate, your meters per minute, have got to be high. Yeah. To be able to get back and help clog the defense, and then link up through the midfield, and then help press the ground, squeeze the ground to not let the opposition have outlets right. on the open side of the ground. So someone like a Salone and Keys. They're, they're aerobic beasts. They run all, right. all day. So what happens too in the midfield is you, you can get wing replaces and swaps in and mm. out of the in and out of the, um, the stoppage. So Sloane could be sweeping the, the, the stoppage as a winger. Uh, Laird, could just pop out, bring his opponent with him. Sloane could come through as a midfielder uh, without an opponent. Yeah. So there's little tricks and little little things you can manipulate the stoppage with, knowing that Sloane and Keys are both good inside players anyway. So mm. just by them starting out on the wing doesn't mean they're necessarily out of the play. So, um, you know, even as a sweeping winger, you can play super tight in the stoppage and act like a fourth inside yeah. mid as well. So I actually think it's a, a smart move. And obviously Sloane, he's a bit older now, um, not having that, that bang and crash on his body that you get as an inside midfielder mm. as well might clacking heads all the time. Keep him fresh, fresher for the year. So um, I think yeah, we will see him a lot more out on the wing and maybe a little bit at half forward as well. And we've seen him play at half back in, in yeah. a couple of the internals as well. But um, yeah, I think it's a, a good a good spot for him. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy for him with that return. He was on song on the wing as well as uh, Ben Keys and then Saligo. And uh, a little bit of Dawson and Hinge. I think that's actually a great mix. Now that you've uh, enlightened me, because obviously Sloan started his early uh, sort of first five years on the wing a lot. And they are aerobic beasts. So they're not that typical sort of Andrew Gaff style, but they can cover it, which is great. So that is very reassuring, Bryce Gibbs. The forward line was a very even performance. Obviously, there's Fogarty. Himmelberg, both with two goals, uh, McAdam, and then standout Rankin, who was a, a lot of sizzle. So that's going to be exciting to see how Adelaide's forwards line up in the re- in the first round. They've still got Walker and possibly – who's the other one? Tilthorpe. Tilthorpe, that's right. Who well, plays it it just looked – from the highlights that I watched, it just looked balanced. Yeah. Like, obviously, Tex to come back, he's going to be your main man in there. So whether that um, – puts Himmelberg out, whether that keeps Thilthorpe in the in the reserves, not sure. You'd think they'd give him every opportunity mm. for Riley Tilthorpe to to play. But um so they're your two targets. Obviously Fogg and McAdam are sort of your versatile hybrid type forwards can lead up at the ball really well and can also 
mark the ball in a mm. in a pack situation. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, as you said, Rochelle, um Rankin, Rankin, and Peddler, Peddler, the and other Pedler one who's, who's well. shown good signs, who as that s- smaller forward that can hit the scoreboard can provide that pressure as well. So it just it looks very versatile and very balanced this forward line, which is really exciting. Yeah, I was uh, definitely excited about it, and I'm going to ask you your thoughts on Frio uh, for their prospects this year in a second. But watching them, they're going to be right up there, I reckon. Like this is just a practice match for them, and. Um, their possibilities and and what they could do, I think they could go up into the four at least. Well, look, Luke, yeah, yeah. Gum, gum. Luke Jackson looked incredible. He's like he is the unicorn that people say. His ground level work uh, in tandem with Sean Darcy. So their tools are looking brilliant. Yeah, we we know Luke Darcy. Uh, Luke Darcy. Luke Jackson's yeah. a, an absolute star. He was already mm. at Melbourne and. He was. Uh, they wanted to keep on to keep hold of him if if they could, but yeah. uh, he he looks settled in this in this lineup already. And as you said, that that tandem ruck duo with Darcy, it's going to be pretty dangerous this year. We're speaking a lot about Gorn and uh, Grundy. Mm. This could be the second best ruck duo in the comp. Absolutely. When when you see Darcy, he looks like a giant schoolboy almost, flattening people, and. Uh, Luke Jackson up forwards, um, you know, very versatile, taking marks. Can get up the ground, can Up he? the ground, yep. picking up the ball wherever, whenever. The other one I noticed is a Jaeger, you say Jaeger or Jaeger? Jaeger. Jaeger O'Meara, a very handy pickup for him. Yeah, he's he's all class and he's just going to get better, I reckon, in this side. Yeah. He, uh, he was still had a, a good, strong couple of years at Hawthorne, but I think uh, better players around him. Um, that'll just allow him to get to work, do mm. his do his thing, and uh, he's he's slotted straight into this midfield perfectly. Yeah, he's going to be great, and it was good to see Fife up forward making that a really good role for him. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for both these sides, Adelaide and Fremantle, uh, particularly this next week when they play their next game as it ramps up and they try to hone their best twenty-two. Hey, up next, Bryce, we're going to bring in producer Jace, and he's going to help us cover all things cricket. On the international stage, the local stage as well with our girls uh, into the final, I think, of um, the 2020 games. They nabbed India just yesterday or the day before, so that was fascinating. We're going to have all the info you need to know about cricket around the world or everything that's breaking with producer Jace in the studio up next. Coming to you from Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It is almost quarter past nine. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good morning to you all here on Saturdays in SA. Uh, top of 23 today after some clouds starting mm. to uh, to disappear, we hope, in the afternoon. Uh, you're here with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Uh, one off the text, Mick Jagger has done a couple of solo albums, Tommy. I, think, I don't understand. Uh, I was referring to uh, Jagger O'Meara, which I <laughs> referred to uh, in the last... A little bit. I need to do some. It's appearing to me that I need to do a little more research on pronunciations because I'm um, I've buggered a few in the last couple of weeks. That's okay. I'm uh, I struggle with some of the names too, (laughs) so don't worry about that. Now we've got uh, producer Jace in the studio. Welcome to you, Jace. Good to be with you, gentlemen. Um, In more ways than one, actually, Tommy. I'm glad you mentioned that. Do you want to run that bit of audio now or are you saving that for later? What's the story there? Because I, I put a bit of audio in the system of oh, now Tommy this... talking about Isaac Rankin from last week and 
Well, it got us all a little bit excited. Are you going to keep that up your sleeve for later or not? I, I, have, not, I have not any knowledge about this, but I'm going to find this that you've placed somewhere and we'll have it by the end of the break. Okay, good stuff. Um, now, Jace, you're you here. In? Why did you come in? Well, you're going to get us across the cricket. Ah. And starting with the Scorpions, who are on the up and up. They're in the final, Tommy. Uh, yeah, they're in the final. That's they right. Are. Now, tell us also for some people who the Scorpions are. Well, the Scorpions are our WNCL <laughs> cricket team. That's our senior women. Yep. And uh, a lot of them at the moment are in India for the T20 World Cup. In fact, they sent a nice little message through the three South Australian girls wishing our Scorpions luck this weekend. They did it the hard way last weekend because they went down to the Tassie crew twice in a row. They had to win both games against right. the Queensland girls at Karen Rolton, one on Friday, one on Sunday. They did it in thrilling circumstances in a run chase on the Sunday. They got home with four balls to spare and just three wickets in hand. So... Guess who they have to play, though? Back down to Tasmania against mm. the team that rolled them twice. Um, albeit one of them was a pretty tight clash. Um, Tassie won the first game this year between these two by just six wickets with six balls left. So if the girls put it all together, they're certainly around the mark, but Tasmania have been the benchmark in this competition all season long. Well, we know. Grannies are a little bit different, and you just they have are. to have a good day, and things can can turn your way. That's right. Uh, and we saw some inspirational stuff in the studios here at, uh, at Studio Lumo from mm. our very own Jared Walsh and Mark Bickley early in the week just sending the Scorpions girls. And now if they can't get up on the back of that, um, they'll never get up. Real motivational Fire and brimstone stuff, sort of stuff yep. from one Jay Walsh. Yep. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's probably not going to help them too much, I wouldn't have thought. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. They're a chance. They're a big chance to win that. Okay, tell us about the Marsh Cup. Yep, South Australia taking on Victoria. Need to win this, the Redbacks. If they do, they'll jump back up into second spot on the ladder. Only the top two play in the final. And Western Australia are already there. They're hosting it. So... It's a case of South Australia or Victoria to join them. And, look, the Redbacks boys are a chance here. Victoria are young. Uh, they rolled them recently down uh, in the Shield Clash and uh, they rolled them fairly comfortably in the end, the Victorians. But if South Australia can do something with the bat um, on what should be a, a good batting track, uh, win the toss, bat first, put runs on the board, they're a big chance. Yeah. Uh, the Shield Clash, by the way, uh, the South Aussies are still in, in with a chance of playing in the final uh, in the Sheffield Shield, despite their loss uh, to Victoria. They've got a game coming up against Queensland on the 2nd mm. of March. So uh, that's it for the Redbacks. Let's, what about international? Yeah, let's head to the T20 World Cup. The Aussies yeah. are in the final there. This was a thriller. I watched this game. Um, Australia batting first in the semi-final. Ash Gardner was... Uh, Player of the match, 31 off 18 at the back end of the innings, smashing them to all parts, and then took two for 37 off four overs with the ball. So the Aussies, four for 172, 18 off their last over with the bat. Wow. Did you see that controversial run out with, yeah. um, I forget the bat's, uh, the batter's name, she, her bat kind of stuck in the ground, stuck yeah. in the ground yeah, yeah. and she was not happy about that, the girl for India. Yeah. Uh, she was very angry indeed. But the Aussie girls, there just seems to be every single game, um, someone who stands up. It doesn't matter who, someone will get it done for them. Beth Mooney, 54, with the bat. Meg Lanning smashed them to all parts, 49 from 34. 
And then with the bat, geez, India, you're almost got there. Mm. Uh, they're, they're the next ones coming in world women's cricket. So yeah. they they fell short, eight for 167. Uh, Australia won by five runs. They'll go through to the final, um, which will be played Monday morning our time. So okay. you'll wake up on uh, Monday you know? morning and you'll know the result. Okay, so it's going to be an early, early morning one? Yeah, very yeah. early morning. So. Okay. Good luck to the girls there in the final. And, uh, of course, the third test in India is still a, a little way away. Yeah. We heard from Cameron Green. He's likely to play in the third test. That's good news. Yeah. Um, and we need some help because Pat Cummins won't be back. Um, that's a sad situation. We send our thoughts out to his family. Mm. Um, his mum's in palliative care now. So oh, man. Uh, wishing him and the Cummins family all the best. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting watch for this next test. Uh, surely they just, even though Trav Head didn't quite get it done in the last one, but surely they just try and get some consistency across the board with who they select this one, Bryce. Yeah, they just need to put a good performance together, I think, mm-hmm. Tom. Uh, it doesn't matter who they select. They just need to to show up. I think. Yeah. Yep. And have a crack, yeah. Uh, dig in. That's the most important thing, to get rolled <laughs> for 91. Yeah. Uh, when you were, you know, yeah, a, a reasonable chance of at least doing something in that test match. Yeah, no good. The so. sweeping tactic was a little bit bizarre. Did you catch Ian here? SEN's very own Ian Healy uh, did a bit of a masterclass on how to sweep the ball. Yeah. And it was very good. If you can get a look at that, SEN Queensland has a bit of a video. Ian Healy, he's standing in front of a bin in the office. He's wearing his tracksuit and he begins by saying, you know, that, that in India the ball bounces low. So if you get caught, bounces into your pads, you're likely to get LBW, whereas in Australia it bounces up a little bit higher. And then he proceeds to just give a masterclass on sweeping. Can I ask a question on that? And I don't want to spend too much time on this. The last <laughs> time we won a series was in 2004 in India. Can somebody yeah. explain to me why every single person that was on that tour isn't involved in this one? Matthew Hayden's well, running around coaching Pakistan. Adam Gilchrist is uh, wonderful on SEM. We love him. Yeah. Um, but why isn't he over there? He captained that side that beat them in India. If anyone's going to know how to beat India in India, it's a team that's done it. Here's what I think. Now, I don't want to get deep here, but here's what I think is going on with the older boys who are obviously that, you know, holy grail of, of Australian teams who, who did get it done that time in India. They're... Uh, commentary I don't think helps this team now because it's all about hardness and talking about, you know, Pat Cummins was woke or they've got to harden up and all all these uh, sort of sentiments around that when they're not really delving in and using their – because they do know, you know, I reckon they could give more on what could really help them. For example, preparation. Going into this series, um, Gibbsy, you know, what do you reckon the best way to shut a commentator up, uh, up is? Uh, just put runs on the board and play well. There's mm-hmm. that, or you give them a job. <laughs> yeah, get them out of the commentary box. That's fair, <laughs> and get them into the dressing room. That might shut Matty Hayden up if you've got him there as your batting coach. Come on, think it uh, through. Jace fired up. Here we go. Yeah, oh, very good, producer. Uh, producer, <laughs> producer Jace. How are you going? I'm, I'm not going well. Now you've got something else for us. Some, some. Oh, you found uh, the grab, did you? I, fa- I found what you gave me here. What is this? All right. So this is you trying to talk about Isaac Rankin, I believe, and. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure where you were heading with this, mate, but have some fun with it anyway. Okay, thank thank you very much, I guess. Rankin had a really nice clearance out of the middle where he burst away, really smooth, played that coming roll. Uh, 
Not the coming roll, the crumbing roll. <laughs> Depends who you speak Depends, to. Depends, well, yeah. A few rumours going <laughs> around, but uh, uh, golly, he uh, certainly played that role very well. I think you're just getting excited. Yeah, uh, yeah, about, I think uh, I was... He's um, kicked five goals. Uh, yeah. you're, you're just a bit you know, I'm, happy, I'm just happy, a happy Crows fan. hot mess right here <laughs> watching Rankin play that coming role. Um, <laughs> um, very nice use of the uh, horn there, Jason. I, th- I think I've got to bring a shovel win with me every week now. Not sure if Isaac Rankin or Jason Horn Francis. Time for me to go back to where I belong. <laughs> Thank you very much. We've got to get to a break. We've got the news coming up very soon. You're on SENSA, Saturdays in SA, powered by Lumo Energy at number one King William Street. Uh, an energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo. Oh, this is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, very nice rain overnight. We've got a top of 24 degrees today, a few more morning showers to come. Uh, Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you. We have got to get to a news break, but up next, Bryce is going to run his rule over the Port Adelaide v West Coast game, which we watched last night. A lot of takeaways to come out of that one, but here's the news in the meantime. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Very good to be with you on this nice and uh, rainy Saturday. Top of 24 degrees today with a few more showers to come. It's just after 9.30 and Bryce Gibbs, a little bit later, we're going to talk about the most bizarre things that uh, athletes have brought along with them to uh, a match after Tiger Woods handed his uh, good mate a feminine hygiene product on the golf course uh, after out driving him. And we're also going to check in with... AFL.com.au's Josh Gablich over all the other practice matches. But for Port Adelaide, who uh, played West Coast yesterday, you had a little bit of a look. I had a bit of a look. And it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. Um, And, again, another scrappy sort of affair, um, which probably you'd give – I think Adam Simpson would be pretty happy with the way West Coast went about it. They Mm. showed some good signs and – and had uh, some of their players that missed a lot with injury come back uh, and play well for them. But um, yeah, for our for our port side, um, probably the biggest things that I got out of it, um, the, the forward line looked a little bit dysfunctional and mm-hmm. probably put that down not to having Charlie Dixon as uh, the number one target up there. You just yeah. forget how important he is uh, and he just straightens this Port Adelaide team right up. But uh, obviously um, Todd Marshall, he still yeah, showed yeah. some good signs. Uh, Mitch Georgiades was was a little bit quiet. Um, but, yeah, some of the forward entries was a little bit scrappy. Yeah, uh, it yeah. just look, looked a little bit... A little bit off, but... Um, Shows the importance of... They've got Dixon, who's getting on a little bit, but they really need another uh, number one banana to kind of support there in, in some way or, or, you know, import one into the club at some stage to um, to support Dixon or to take over from him yeah. in the future. Yeah, and I mean, it's only the first game, so not alarm bells just yet, but... The uh, a couple of the new recruits showed some good signs. Yeah, uh, in Junior Rioli, I was pretty impressed with some of the things he did, and mm. obviously playing against his his old, old side. I, I was uh, interviewed on um, SENWA uh, during the week, and you were. I asked the question about uh, what sort of reception he'd get yeah. going back uh, to play against them, and that there was mixed. They said some will give him a clap and get around him, and others will be booing him and. And getting stuck into him. So uh, he kicked a couple mm. of goals and um, he, he looked all right. And so did Orazio Fantasia as well. Hopefully he can keep okay. his, 
his body healthy because uh, I think if those two can stay fit and healthy, they can uh, become a good little duo. Absolutely. Running in that forward line and hitting the scoreboard. They're both at their best. Those two small forwards are heading towards the elite category at their best. Do you think? Yeah, I certainly certainly think as well. And I think the penny's dropped a little bit with, with Junior Rioli as well. We, we yeah. know he's had uh, fitness issues in the past. He's come back uh, not, pot. not being in, in great <laughs> nick uh, with his body composition, but he actually looks fit. He looks ripped. Yeah, right. Maybe he's worked out what it takes to, to be a professional athlete now. So yeah. that's uh, obviously good signs with him. Um, our boy Jason Orn Francis did a few nice yeah. things as well. Um, He's he's building into it nicely. Spent a bit more time in the in the midfield, in the centre bounce with that that combination of, of Rosie. Yeah, um, we obviously a boat got injured early, which was a bit of a sickening blow for yeah for Trav. Not nice. Um, wasn't a wasn't a nice hit. Uh, Jeremy McGovern. McGovern cleaned him up. So um, uh, so Jace showed some some good signs. Um, he's going to be the baller right inside fifty. I'm looking forward to because it's going to happen at some stage where he'll tear an AFL game apart like he did with that prelim final in the Sandful. Uh, you know, got, you know, 24 touches and a few goals. I, I'm looking forward to the day that that happens. Might be a few years away, though. Yeah, I, I, it can happen pretty quickly. I think for Jace, it's just about his work rate from stoppage yep. to stoppage. We all know how competitive he is when the ball's at his feet in and around the contest to either win it or, or tackle or burst out of the stoppage. But mm. it's just his, his work rate from stoppage to stoppage. Uh, if he can keep building that and, and doing that more often, uh, I think he'll be fine. But uh, obviously, Connor Rosie hasn't slowed down at all <laughs> after his breakout no. year last year. He, uh, his skill and class was was terrific. Every time he got it, he did something, especially four to centre. Yeah, Port, nice goal. Port looked dangerous when he had the ball in his hands uh, more often than not. So um, he hasn't slowed down one bit over this offseason. You think he could go back-to-back uh, -back all Australian? Oh, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, yeah. there's no doubt about that. And, and Port obviously finished outside of the finals last year and he still mm. still got the the all australian nod so you can only imagine if porter are back in the the top eight conversation uh he will be playing well uh, and no doubt be putting him himself up in that category again yeah he's got so much balance like he's a really balanced midfielder it looks like and, he, and he's got a, a bit of pace as well yeah for sure the other one that uh, caught my attention was Lockie jones as well he spent a bit more time oh through, yeah through the midfield my dad in in, in <laughs> at uh, center bounce as well and uh yeah showed he can just give another bit of a look he's obviously a big bull mm. not not scared of the contest and uh we know ollie wines does a lot of good work in there he only played a half or Three quarters, I think. So um, to have another option, that, that big solid inside mid who we know um, Jones is not shy of, of a bit of a scrap and a bit of a fight <laughs> in there as well. So uh, just another string to add to his bow, which, yeah. is, which is good to see. So could he? do you think he could ever become a, a full-time midfielder or looks like he, he has a career as a defender with a bit of pinch hitting in the midfield? Oh, potentially. Um, whether it's, it's his tank that he needs to build up a bit more to be able to do that, but... Uh, I think it, it, that that sort of player complements their midfield perfectly. Mm. We we know Butters, Rosie, uh, Horn, Francis have got a bit of that burst out of the stoppage. Yeah. Uh, and although Jones has shown he can do that, being that real ball muscle up, mm. get in the fight like the Ollie Wines type <laughs> setup, uh, that just complements that that run and zip outside the stoppage nicely. Yeah, nice. Well, that'll be inter an interesting watch, seeing where how they how they utilize him through the year. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, probably. 
wasn't the, the, the best of starts Port would have wanted in terms of a, a whole game hit out and, and everything flowing nicely. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we're starting to see some good signs from some of the, the recruits and, and players that we want to. Some obviously players would have probably liked to play a little bit better, mm. but um, they'll uh, they'll obviously got another hit out against Frio over there in, a, in about a week's time. Yeah, okay, cool. Very nicely done, Bryce. Um, with Port Adelaide, I mean, we always say this, at this time of year, you've got teams that end up winning the flag that play like absolute garbage at this time of year. It's sort of they're testing things out and they're looking more so for what the game style is going to be. So it's going to be an interesting watch for Port Adelaide. Bryce, this excites me because up next, we're talking about some of the most bizarre things we've seen on the footy field, on the sporting arena, all around the world. And more specifically, when people have the premeditation to bring a little present with them, like Tiger Woods did this week when he brought a uh, tampon with him for his mate who he outdrove. Uh, in the, I forget what the golfing comp was called, but that's irrelevant. Um, so we're talking about that up next and we've got a few belters for you. So also get in, uh, let us know on 0427 154 166. I can see a couple floating through already. The most bizarre things you've seen on a sporting field, particularly if a player has brought a little present with them. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, good morning to you. Pleasure to be with you on this lovely Saturday morning. Nice bit of rain overnight, uh, which Bryce and I just love to bond over that pitter-patter of the raindrops <laughs> on the roof. Very beautiful overnight. And then today we're looking at a top of 24 degrees, a few more showers to come, possibly. But right now, Bryce, we have got something I've been excited about all week because Tiger Woods... Uh, early in the week, delivered a tampon to Justin Thomas, his mate at the Genesis Invitational, uh, after he outdrove him. Now, this was bizarre. It was a sort of outdated joke, but onwards from that, it got me thinking about some of the more bizarre instances in sport where someone's handed something to someone else because it requires so much premeditation and so much thought behind it. Yeah, it uh, it does get you thinking, and we have had a couple of... uh incidents where this has occurred in the yeah. AFL too. And yes. we're, the text line is uh, starting to heat up on 0427 154 166. So if you've got uh, an example, please send them through. Yes. But uh, yeah, these these things that are premeditated, so would have put a bit of thought into it happening, mm. um, which so a bit of... makes you wonder what... Yeah. Why people are thinking about this before actually <laughs> getting the job done. Yeah, it does make you wonder about the mindset. So, uh, look, another obvious example, Bryce, would be the Harry Taylor incident. Yes. What happened with that? Well, Harry Taylor post-playing against the Adelaide Crows, yes. after the game, went and handed Josh Jenkins a piece of meat, a piece of salami that yeah, he had, had in his sock the yeah. whole game. That's... So the so the story goes, they were the cats were about to leave the hotel on the way to the game, and yep. um, Harry Taylor had got wind that Josh Jenkins had had food poisoning recently. Yes, correct, or something along the lines of that. So he said to Paddy Dangerfield, "Do you reckon it'd be funny? I can see the buffet over there. Do you reckon it'd be funny if I put a piece of ham <laughs> in my sock and give it to him?" Um, just and he just absolutely. thought that would have been a funny thing to do, and. And Josh didn't take it in uh, – at the time, he didn't take it greatly. But um, 
Look, we've actually got this bit here where both – because Josh Jenkins obviously ended up going over to Geelong he and they, yep. they sat them both down and they reflected on it. What, what do you mean? What happened? He gave me ham. There's a lot of blanks that only Harry can fill in. I'd had food poisoning during the week, went to a buffet for a quick feed. I won't name the restaurant out of respect, yet to get a free feed in return. But I thought it was the ham, leg of ham, that caused it. So Harry obviously thought, I'll give him some. I was sitting in the, uh, it's like a meeting room essentially before the game and there's all our food out there you can have for lunch or dinner or whatever. And I said to Paddy, what about if I took a bit of ham you know, from this carvery of, of food and uh, put a bit in my sock? And he's obviously just gone, that this will be funny or this will whatever. <laughs> and then if I saw Josh after, give it to him and just said, oh, you know, how, how are you feeling and all that sort of, bit of a joke, bit of a gag. We lost the game, unfortunately I played okay, Josh played pretty well and just shook his hand after with my, the ham in my hand and said, uh, you know, all the best going forward. When I retrieved my arm and hand, there was ham in there. That's about <laughs> as much as I can offer. So there you go. That was the uh, ham incident. We're going to call that one Hamgate as well, Bryce. It's just weird, isn't it? Is that weird? Yeah, that, that's, that's beyond. Weird. Is beyond weird. It uh, really shows what. Uh, I'd, how be, I'd be thinking about the ham in my sock the whole game, knowing yeah. that it's there. And rubber, you know, kind of have a bit of a slimy texture. It's a wet type mm. sensation on your ankle. Yeah. Strange. It, it is one of the more bizarre ones. We've got a, a couple of texts here from Dan who says, uh, well, that, this is in the spirit of bringing things to the ground. When somebody sent that pig onto the SCG and the ground staff had to chase it, a pig for plugger. Oink. <laughs> Dan. Thank you, Dan. Well, we've actually uh, dug, up, dug that one up. Oh, there's a pig on the ground. There's a pig on <laughs> there the ground. is a pig at full forward. Uh, he also says Dan Rampy climbing the goalpost is surely pretty bizarre. What was he thinking? Well, yeah, so that, he's not bringing something there, but he's trying to bring the goalpost home with him, maybe <laughs> just was, mounting it. It wasn't uh, premeditated that one, but quick thinking. I, I didn't mind his his thought, what he was trying to do, yeah. but obviously illegal in the game of football. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, clever, clever enough. Another weird unit. Now, this situation here, do you remember with Riley O'Brien what, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, I do remember this one. Uh, and Riley is uh, is a student of the game. Okay. He, he thinks about his game in depth and prepares not only physically but mentally and likes to write notes yeah. on his phone. And he was playing against the West Coast Eagles, against Nick yes, Nat, who's obviously right. been one of the, the great ruckmen uh, of the, the modern era in, in the game. So uh, Riley O'Brien just put some notes into his phone, mm. um, how he was going to beat Nick Nack. Uh, Nick Nack. So it said, I'm going to run off him hard. He's lazy, unfit. We'll have a field day <laughs> getting the ball and marking everything. So he, just a couple of notes to, yeah. to pump him up before the game. And, Unfortunately for, for Riley, he, uh, he somehow ended up tweeting that to, uh, to yeah. the world pre-game. I, I don't know. I don't get how these Twitter incidents happen because when you go into Twitter, you're basically, you know, how do you – because it was in his notes section of his phone. So you would have had to copy and paste it or something. So that's bizarre how that happened. But um, we've got Riley uh, touched on it afterwards and, and apologised. Uh, and this is ahead of the game. The game hasn't even happened yet. So this was Riley O'Brien after he had this mare. Check this out. 
Uh, my phone has decided to cark it, and I've had an absolute mare on my social media today. Uh, it tweeted some of my game notes uh, in my notes on my iPhone. Uh, that I, I take these notes every week before the game to try and pump myself up and get a bit of confidence going into the game. Make a few things up, as you can see on the notes, to try and give myself confidence. Um, coming up this week against probably who I think is the best ruckman in the competition at the moment, Nick Nat. Uh, I was just trying to get some confidence and get going. So I really put the pressure on myself now. Uh, so I really got to walk the walk this week and try and get a kick against uh, the superstar that is Nick Nat. So we'll see how we go. Now, we touch on this one because after the game, did Nick Nat gave him a, gave him a phone, a new phone? He had a, a new phone for him. And yeah. As a bit like Harry Taylor did, went and shook his hand after the game and handed him a new phone. Yes, and of course, you know, wove in some corporate sponsorship. <laughs> and so Nick Nat thought, how can I make money out of this? Let's sign up a quick deal with uh, Telstra and give him a new phone. Telstra crew got a hold of it, so they gave me a uh, brand new Samsung. So it's a better phone than I got. I think it's about 1500 bucks. So I'm scared that people are going to keep talking smack every week to get a new phone. So, <laughs> nah, it's one of the nice guys, so he didn't mean any malice in it. Uh, there you go. That that one, a uh, little more straightforward than the Harry Taylor packing ham into his sock. It certainly was. Uh, i got another one here off the text oh, yeah. line. So I hadn't heard this one before, and it's to do with SEN's own Malcolm Blight. So in 993, Malcolm Blight was coaching Geelong right. against the Crows at Football Park. The media during the week had basically said Geelong was no chance to win the game. In an attempt to get inside the Crows players' heads, Blighty made the Cats players line up by the Crows in the pre-match and form a guard of honour to try and rattle them a little bit. What? Yeah. So hang on. they The Cats players formed a guard of honour. As the Crows maybe were running out of the race. That is weird. Uh, Geelong went on to kick the first two goals of the game, so might have just rattled them for a little bit. But yeah. then uh, the Crows eventually went on to win by 20 points. But, uh, yeah, obviously Blighty being the... The mastermind that he is had uh, had one to to premeditate there and try and uh, throw a spanner in the works. Blindy really was a, a different type of operator. We've got um, a text here, morning boys. There was that incident in the NBA where two guys brought guns into the locker room. So this, we, how can we ramp up this topic? Well, let's <laughs> yeah. get guns involved. Yeah. Brought guns into the locker room. Gilbert Arenas and Jarvis. Whatever is like last night, uh, Christendon, something you won't see in the... Well, yeah, that's definitely something you won't see in Australia where we have good gun policy. I've, I've just uh, Googled this one. So news broke. This is in the NBA in the early mid-2000s, Bryce. Do you remember this? Oh, I do remember this one. Okay, so news... He was a bad man, I think. Yeah. Yep. Bad enough, <laughs> bad enough to bring a rifle to the change. So news broke that Arenas and teammate Jarvis Christendon brought guns into the locker room. Arenas later said he stored four unloaded guns in the locker room as a joke against cricket. You know, I'm waiting for that practical joke for, against me at SEN when you uh, bring a gun in one day. He asked Crittenden to pick one after an argument over a gambling debt where Crittenden threatened to shoot Arenas in the knee. Crittenden instead brought a, his own gun out and put a bullet in the chamber. Yeah, that's Wow, that's idea. friendship for you, isn't it? They... Um, yeah, lucky we don't we don't get those sorts of things in Australia. But those, Bryce, are our bizarre examples of people bringing stuff along to the game. I don't think I've ever covered anything like that in radio before. You certainly were excited for this this topic this morning. So uh, I hope it all delivered, Tommy. Well, 
Well, the only only the listeners will know, and uh, judge, well, they will pass judgment very soon. I dare say. Coming up next, Bryce, after the news, we've got Josh Gablich, who's going to run us through all the other preseason matches, which we haven't gotten our eyes across. And Josh is a very good operator. We're also going to do our sports wrap, which is everything going on in the world of sport for you. You all with Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs on Saturdays in SA. It's a top of twenty four degrees today. Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, good to be with you on this lovely Saturday, top of 24 degrees. Still got a little bit of showering to do after that lovely rain overnight. Right now, Bryce Gibbs, we've got something new to do uh, before we get to the wonderful Josh Gablich, who's coming up next to take us through all the other preseason matches. But this is going to be a new one, and it's called Question Time. I asked the Prime Minister... If you are so confident about your view of fight back, why won't you call an early election? The, the answer is, mate, mate, because I want the to do you slowly. Lovely work there from Patricia JC, the inspiration from Parliament for Question Time, of course. Now, Bryce, I'm going to pose five questions to you. I want your honest answers. The first one is, name Port Adelaide's forward six that will start on the ground in round one. Oh, good start. So, obviously, Dixon and Marshall will be my two key forwards. I yeah. reckon I'm going to start Mitch Georgiades as the, the hybrid. Yep, that makes sense. I've got Sam Powpepper and Junior Rioli as the pressure, pressure yes. forwards. And then I think I've got one spot left and it'll be one of... Butters, Rosie, Jason Horn, Francis. One of. That uh, sounds like quite a potent forward line. Did you mention Orazio there? I didn't. I He could be on the bench. Yep, along coming with, on. Along with a Trav Boak, whether he starts through the half forward line or through the middle. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't. Pick. I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Zach Butters starting half forward. Yeah, Rosie and JHF uh, in the centre bounce. Yep, that looks good for Port Adelaide. Now a different one here for the Crows. Name their starting defensive six who you think will make it for round one. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go. Well, I I got Butts key defender with Murray. I think yep. they're the, okay. the two Murray makes two it. keys. I would have probably had Worrell. But I think he tweaked his something. hamstring on the weekend. So whether mm. he can get back for it or not, assuming he's fit, I like what Josh Worrell has to offer as a bit of that third tall yeah. intercept player, along with Duday. So they're your two sort of hybrid players yep. that can Swap play tall around. or small. Yep. Uh, and then I've got probably your running backs in Smithers, Brody Smith. Yep. And... I would love to have the skipper playing a bit more up on the wing, delivering Me the ball too. inside 50, but I'm going to have him at half back because... That's where he's going to get put. I think, yeah, <laughs> that's where he's going to have yeah. the most valuable at the first part of the season for the Crows. Fair prediction, that. Looks like they want him at half back, um, mopping things up a bit for him. Now, Bryce, I'm a little bit more serious. Where is your favourite place to eat, drink or play in Adelaide and why? Oh, okay. Good question. Um, <laughs> you can't say the palace. <laughs> What's the palace? Uh, 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 eat and drink. Oh, so a couple of favourite restaurants of yep. mine. Uh, I'll enjoy Golden Boy. Golden Boy. A I've little, not been there. Little feed me there at Golden Boy. Um, okay. 
some good uh, good meals there. Been and what good, sort good of for a date night? What sort of um, style is Golden Boy? Uh, like? That's a good question. Maybe Asian fusion type. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. They always incorporate a, a boy in the in the title, don't yeah. they? The Asian restaurants. They They've do. got the Bing Boy. It's nice. Very Golden nice boy. food. And uh, I'm a fan of Gaucho's. Gaucho's for, is for incredible. A steak. As well, so they're probably two of my favourites to eat. Uh, to drink, I'm a, more of a pub man. Yeah, like a pub on on a sunny afternoon, good beer garden. So yeah, you sort of find me at the Cremorne or mm. you know, at the Highway, Highway, or, or yeah. places like that. Particularly now, the modern beer garden uh, in summer has the uh, they kind of hose you down with the like the the sprinkles the misters, of with the misters yeah, of water, yeah. a bit of live music. Yeah, Tommy, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, I like that's that. my type uh, type of vibe. Yep, I was uh, playing a fair bit down at the highway at one stage. Now, Carlton's Tom De Koning is out of contract this year, Bryce. Apparently. St Kilda, Sydney, the Cats and Hawthorne have shown significant interest in him already. Which of those clubs would he suit best and what position does he even play? None of them. None of them. None of them he'll suit because <laughs> he's going to suit Carlton. <laughs> and it's going to be yeah, it's going to be interesting how the Blues handle this one yeah. because he's going to be a star. I don't think there's any doubting that and we've seen what his brother has Absol- gone yeah. on to do in a short period of time and and Tom's starting to work it out himself now. Um, obviously, those sides that you name, you'd be silly not to inquire totally. about him. Uh, but your mail is he's not going well, anywhere. I, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> Selfishly, I hope he doesn't. But I mean, Carlton have just signed Kerno, mm. Mackay, Cripps on big deals. They've got Chera over. They've got all these um, these names at uh, Walsh. They've they've tied up as well. So. Uh, can they afford to fit him in? That's going to be the other yeah. the other juggling act for Carlton. But um, I think he showed some. He was very good in their practice match against Collingwood uh, yesterday. So yeah. he played as a ruck forward. I, I could see him playing like his brother as a key key really? defender as well. I think he can. He's going to turn into a very versatile player. Um, I'd have him starting in the ruck at the moment, but mm. uh, knowing that he could he could go and play centre half back. With ease and and have huge a uh, huge impact back there. Yeah, a lot of potential right there, particularly after seeing Sam this year and his mum uh, just shining on Fox Footy last year with that uh, brilliant anecdote about how they were drinking overseas, watching their sons play each other. That was good. Now, last one, Bryce. This weekend marks celebration of World Pride, uh, and the Mardi Gras is happening tonight. Big, big, big event. Now. There's been a few gay icons over the years, and a lot of these are uh, musical acts that are adopted by the community. I want you to tell me the f- your favourite out of these. I'm Kylie Minogue. Sam Smith. Or the village people. Which of those is your favourites? Favourite. Oh, I mean, it'd be hard to go past Kylie, yeah. but I'm going to say I don't mind getting down to a bit of YMCA. Yeah, yep, just the at the clubs. Late at a wedding or, you know, I'll be I'm happy the to get up bar. there and throw some shapes out to yeah. YMCA. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if you ever watched their Village People's videos, they are actually very clever. Have you, they've got those masculine male prototypes of the police officer, 
the army and the and the cowboy, and they're just super duper camp. And yeah, I'm sure you. Uh, I love enjoy it. Enjoy boogieing, do a bit of YMCA. As I love well. the YMCA. A bit of Sam Smith as well. He's been quite uh, controversial lately. Now, Bryce, up next, I'm excited for this because AFL.com.au's Josh Gablich is going to run his rule over all the other preseason matches that have happened in the last couple of days. And I like to hear from him because he's very astute and he has a point of view that I listen to. So we're going to be talking to him next. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good morning to you. Uh, you're here listening on Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Top of 23 today with a few morning showers. Uh, we spoke in about a couple of trial games, Tommy, yeah. Port Adelaide and the Crows, but we're going to speak to a man who is extremely busy at the moment, mm. trying to cover as many games as possible over in Victoria. And Jizzy does a good job because he's in-depth analysis oh. of, of what's happened and he's going to share a few pointers with us. I think he's been to about three games over the last two days. And I'm speaking of Josh Gabalich, AFL.com's journalist, uh, doing fantastic work over there. Welcome t- this morning, Josh. Hello, boys. Good to be with you. Good now to you... see some, some footy finally. I've watched a lot of footy training in the mm. last you're across everything, mate. Before um, we get under Josh, what impresses me about you is um, over the summer when there is bugger all going on, you've got to churn out the podcast for afl.com.au and you guys seem to come up with a topic every time uh, for each day. What is the creative process there for um, pumping that out? I always think there's something going on, whether there's something coming back from injury, new face. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's, there's always some. I like footy 12 months a year. I'm one of those strange wow. people. And a lot of other people in the industry probably don't like coming down to pre-season training in December. But I like a, a time trial. There's, a, there's always something going on. <laughs> I always about. Yeah, the, the time trials are the most riveting, of course. And so you've been across uh, the last couple of days uh, a few games. What was your, one of your biggest takeaways from the Carlton-Collingwood one? The big one, I think, is Tom DeConing there. I mean, there weren't many four-quarter standout performances at that game, but Tom DeConing's obviously one that we're going to talk about throughout the year, given his contract status mm. and how many clubs are going to be interested in this guy. And his start to the game was amazing. Took a huge clunk, kicked a big goal. And I still don't know exactly where his best spot is. I mean, Michael Voss, I've spoken to across the summer, and he's unclear exactly where he sort of fits in. Obviously, when Mark Pitnett's up and going, he's been the number one ruckman, and... They've obviously got the past two color medal winners. So it's unclear exactly where De Koning fits in. But yesterday, he sort of spent most of the time in the ruck with Pitnet playing in the second game and, and moved forward at different times. So still don't know if he can play Silvani, Pitnet and De Koning in the same team. So we'll get a better sense next week with another practice match. But he looked really good yesterday and just looks like someone who's gone on another level across the summer. And he's going to be one we're going to talk about a lot this year, like Cozzy Pickett, because they're in demand at the moment. Uh, Jesse Motlop heard good things about his game. He's uh, looked like he's had a, a big summer and, and looking pretty lively down in that forward line. Yeah, definitely, Bryce. I mean, he's someone who he's he spent a bit more time training as a midfielder across the summer and, and looked good in there as well. But he just, he's a pro. I mean, everything you hear about Jesse Motlop is he's really diligent in his preparation for someone so young and. He looks like someone who's ready to go and, and, and play every week now, which which is really exciting. He showed some things yesterday that, that just showed the 
probably the benefit of doing a full pre-season, another one. So I really liked his game. Josh, how much do you read into, obviously every year we we get excited because we're watching a bit of footy and uh, often the pre-season results have really no bearing on on what happens in this season. How much do you sort of read into the form that you see happening now? Because it's obviously not great when you have a team flog another one, but do you read much into that? It's a challenge, isn't it? I mean, you can't get too carried away with team performances at this time of year because they come back to burn you. I kind of look at more the individuals that are out there and I think what we're seeing now with just the two practice matches is teams are using essentially full strength sides. There yeah. aren't too many players that were managed across the past couple of days and I mean I was out at Geelong on, on Thursday night and they picked 19 premiership players. The only ones that didn't play were ones that were that are injured at the moment in Mitch Duncan and Gary Rowan and, and Tom Hawkins. So I think sides are taking it a lot more seriously than in the past but yeah, I don't get too carried away by team performances, but you can you can gain a lot just by the way some individuals play straight up. So let's just talk about a couple of guys from the Pies then. Uh, they're new recruits, so I think there's four of them. They all did bits and pieces over that game as well. We're talking Mitchell, Frampton, Bobby Hill and McStay. McStay looks like he's uh, settled into that forward line pretty well. I think McStay was the pick of them. Uh, just the way he, he, he took a couple of really big clunks. And no Brody, Brody Majek yesterday got a little bit of a back issue at the moment. But next day, I mean, there's been so much talk about his worth and, and, and what Collingwood had to pay to get him out of Brisbane. And I think in, in a small sample size across the last month in match sim, the intra-club, and then yesterday, you've just sort of seen what he can add in terms of a big presence inside 50. I reckon he took four, maybe five contested marks, kicked a couple of goals, gave off a couple of goals. So he was really good. Bobby Hill was the other one that was the most impressive of the four. I mean, with no Jack Ginevan the first two rounds, I think they're competing for the same spot, talking to a lot of Collingwood people, and mm. it's going to be difficult for Jack Ginevan to get that spot back, given the way Bobby Hill's performed across the whole preseason, literally from the, the day he turned up in December until his performance yesterday was, was really strong. Played more as a, a high half forward, so you can probably play, play both of them in the same team, but he was really strong. Billy Frampton is one that's been spoken about a, a little bit lately, because he's really rocketed into round one calculations across the past month mm. or two. He had the tough challenge yesterday on Harry Mackay. I don't know if you two saw any of that game, but Mackay kicked three in the first yeah. quarter and, and, and ragdolled him a couple of times. And But having said that, Frampton still had a couple of really good moments in that quarter and across the game that, that just showed that he's probably worth persevering with. But he's in a battle with Nathan Murphy for a spot in that back six. So still, I think all, all four of them might feature in round one. I mean, Tom Mitchell is obviously a lock, but he was probably the, the quietest of the four, but he's obviously got the runs on the board. So let's move on to the Cats and Hawks game. You mentioned that Geelong played uh, a lot of their premiership players, and, and there's certainly there's no signs of a premiership hangover in this outfit. They look pretty impressive. Absolutely. I mean, I, the story out of Geelong on, on Thursday night wasn't the players that we have become accustomed to looking at in the Geelong Colors. It was the new players. I mean, think back to October and, and Andrew Mackey, the ability to go and get three former first-round picks three weeks after they'd won the premiership was remarkable. And at the time, I think a lot of people were wondering how would they fit straight away into this team? Because they're all young. They're all have been in and out of their respective sides in the past 12 months. But I think heading in around one, you can pencil Ollie Henry in. He was he was sensational against Hawthorne. Kicked four goals with, with no Tom Hawkins at the moment and potentially across mm. the first week or two. And, and you just don't know with, with a footy shoot. They might just hold him back a little bit given it's a long year. 
But Ollie Henry, he probably could have kicked six or seven. He was he was that good. He was amazing. And it was the Henry show for quite a while. They're using Jack Henry in attack alongside Jeremy Cameron, who kicked four. But I think Ollie Henry was the big talking point. And the fact that Collingwood didn't want to lose him and they were right down the deadline day. They did not want to lose Ollie Henry, given they used pick 17 on him only a couple of years ago. Geelong plays Collingwood in the first Friday night game of the season. So there's a little bit of symmetry there. And it wasn't just Ollie Henry. It was, it was Tanner Bruin and, and Jack Bowes. Who were both, they were both really impressive, especially in the first half when both sides were at their strongest. They were both really impressive. So I don't know where they fit in terms of round one, but obviously Joel Selwood is no longer at the club. Mitch Duncan, there's a bit of a question mark on his fitness. So there could be two spots available and they, they could be the two that come in. Yeah, Geelong certainly don't need any more uh, good luck headed their way this year. I think they had about five years worth uh, during the trade period last year. Josh, just a quick one before we move on to the Saints in Melbourne. Um, Hawthorne, where do you do you see them sort of uh, bottom two this year? I think, yeah, I think they're a bottom four side just given all the experience that they lost last year. And this is a little bit by design. I mean, they've gone really heavy in the first two rounds of the draft in the past couple of years and, and I think if you're assessing Hawthorne this year it's it's, just, it's not just about how many wins they have I, I think you really look at how many games they can get into all those players they've recruited in the past three or four years the Cam McKenzie's Josh Weddle's mm. Josh Ward's Sam Butler uh, even the Will Day who we haven't seen too much of just yet because of injury across his first three years they're using him now as an inside midfielder and on the wing again and, and he was probably a, a bit of a shining light on, on Thursday night not across the four quarters, but just in different moments. He looked really good as an inside mid. CJ's another one who, I mean, for as exciting as he's been, he's never played more than 14 games in a season. He's just had niggles and he didn't play on, on Thursday night. Came out with a calf issue, which is a little bit of a concern. But if they can get 15 to 20 games into all those players, they're going to be in a much better position in 12 months' time. And that's a big focus for them this year. Denver Granger Brass is another one who wasn't in the strongest side. He came on in the second half, but he's probably someone that, as a almost six, uh, pick six. They're mm. looking to get a lot more out of him this year. So they just need to get a lot of games into their youth. Josh, yeah, there certainly uh, is a plethora of, of young players there for Hawthorne to work with. So they just need, as Sam Mitchell was saying, they just need to get a, a few more years uh, into them. So that buys him a little bit of time pressure-wise. Josh, our producer is gesturing that we need to get an ad break away uh, to get us in time to clock out. But thank you very much. That was a very comprehensive uh, review of, the, of those two games. And we look forward to having you on again, mate, if that's okay. Absolutely, guys. No dramas. Happy to chat. Thank you very much. That's Josh Gablich there from afl.com.au. Bryce, it's been a big show. We've covered some uh, controversial things, and we're going to wrap it all up next. We're coming to you from Studio Lumo uh, SA, powered by Lumo Energy. It's a top of 24 degrees today. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, good morning. Thank you for your company this morning. It's been a fun one. Uh, Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you. Top of 24 degrees today, if you were asking. And a few showers still around ahead, Bryce. Today, have you got anything on with the family? Or no, you don't because you're a free man. <laughs> the wolf am. pack is here. I am. No, a bit of couch time, I think, this afternoon. Yeah. I don't know. I should try and get out of the house. Might go. Maybe the fringe. I haven't been in the fringe yet. Yeah. You ventured I'll... down there? So... 
Uh, I have. Well, I went on a pub last weekend. I had a Bucks night, and I'm actually still recovering today from that night. But we went on a pub crawl where they had one comedian on at every pub, and they would take you. This leader would kind of take you to each one, and it was brilliant. They would give you 15 minutes of their best stuff, and it was sort of a bit of a plug for their other shows, their real deal shows that they were doing at the Fringe, and. They were top-notch because the punters, you know, they, they hadn't paid specifically to see that pe- comedian. Uh, so they had to handle drunk punters and all sorts of uh, challenges thrown their way. And uh, it was a good time. So I, I recommend it, Bryce. Get on down nice. to the garden and yeah. soak it up. Have a bit of, bit of a feed and might yeah. pop into a show, see what happens. The, the only thing I, I hate about the shows is that I've got this real mm. FOMO, not FOMO, a real scared about getting up on stage, getting pulled up out of the crowd. Oh, and really? Like, you know how they do that a lot in those shows? Yeah, yeah, particularly with the hypnotist. Yeah. Avoid uh, avoid the hypnotist shows because uh, they pull you up left, right and centre. Try and sit in the back corner yeah. and head down, hat on. you got to sit in the mid-back and obviously don't heckle. I mean, people who heckle, they, I think half of them do it for attention Half of them don't actually know that they're going to get torn to shreds because you've got a pro- professional standing up there with a microphone. Yeah, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> Getting public, up on stage. public embarrassment. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully no public embarrassment for you, Bryce, as you head out uh, probably down south to have a look at those kids as well. I'm going to check out Semaphore Beach. There was a few little baby waves there and I want to... Get the bodyboard out. And, nice. Um, get on the yeah. lid. Get on the lid. Get my rig out. Um, <laughs> freeze. So I won't, won't be my proudest down there, but it looks like a bit of fun at the beach today. Nice. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's been a fun one. We are coming to you from Studio Lumo, of course, sponsored by Lumo Energy, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Have a nice weekend.